you're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. We want to celebrate today. We're excited about the things that God is doing. Joe did an awesome job last Sunday talking about some different things that I hope really impacted you. But one of the things he mentioned, and it's funny because God really put this on both his heart and my heart, is this idea of rhythms. There are rhythms in life. There are things we need to build into the rhythms of our lives. I want you to think about the rhythm of your day for a minute. I'll just throw some, throw some things out there. I would guess many of us have different things that are just kind of part of that daily movement of our day. You wake up, right? Some of you guys immediately spend some time with God. Some of you guys have to have your coffee first because you can't talk to God without your coffee, right? Some of you guys are checking in with family. Of course, you text me that you love me. I appreciate that from all of you every day. It means a lot. Um, some of you guys are off to work. It's off to school. There's like some kind of rhythm of lunch and, and what your afternoon looks like coming home and, and you know, going certain places and picking up certain things and it's grocery or it's pizza night or you, there, there are rhythms, right? You come home, maybe it's TV for you. Maybe it's going out to play some, some softball at night or to meet a friend or go to a concert. Like there's different rhythms we build into our weeks and our schedules. And there's one thing that, well, there's probably many things, but one thing I want to address today that we struggle to build into our rhythms. And it's this simple word, celebration, celebration, thanksgiving, praising God. Like that's not something that we're all that great at building into our personal rhythms, right? Like we'll celebrate when our favorite team wins the game. We'll celebrate when our favorite contestant wins AGT or The Voice or American Idol. Uh, how many of you guys are welling, wedding celebrators? Like when you're out on the dance floor, you're going for it. Anybody here in the room want to just admit to that right now? All right. Let me just see if I can uh, see, really discover where my wedding celebration people are, okay? I just need you to go ahead and sing back to me, okay? Don't stop. That was pretty good, all right. How about this one? Sweet Caroline. Wow, you all just gave yourselves up, okay? About four people raised their hands and said that they're dancing, and you all sang back to me, okay? Now, I am not a huge on-the-dance-floor guy, okay? I'll do a slow dance with my wife, but I'm not out there with everybody else. Some of you guys in the room really go for it, because I've been at many of the weddings uh, that you've been at, and one person in particular stands out. I'm not going to say who it is, because I feel that's not necessarily... The best thing to do, I don't want to embarrass any parking team leaders here at our church and identify who this person is, but this person loves celebrating at weddings. But man, we have to learn how to build celebration and thanksgiving and gratitude into our rhythms. You know, there's a study done that, that went across the whole country, across all ages, and, and just talked about how we use our words. Do you know that 50% of our words are negative, 30% are positive, and 20% are neutral, Right? Like, we're just not great at seeing the good in things and celebrating them. And so today as a church, we are going to celebrate. And I pray that today is not just about today, right? I don't want you to just go, man, that celebration Sunday at church was so awesome. I pray that it is awesome. I don't want you to just say, Sundays when we come to church and we worship together, that is awesome. Well, I think that is awesome. But I pray that you'll learn how to build celebration, gratitude, thanksgiving, praise, and worship really into your rhythm. And so that's what we're going to do here today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if this is new to you, if you're watching online or here in the room and you're checking things out, somebody invited you, it's amazing to have you here. We're so glad that you're here today. You chose a great day to come as we celebrate all the ways that God's been so good to our church, as we celebrate some of the exciting things ahead. And so we're so glad you're here. And I pray today when you leave, you'll leave going, wow, there's a really big God at work at this church and he loves me. 
And he wants a relationship with me. That's the message I hope that you hear today. So we're going to do a lot of celebrating today. We have help from a whole lot of different people that will be up here a little bit later to help us celebrate the things that God is doing. But I want to just give a little backdrop, okay? Many of you know in the Old Testament that the very presence of God went where the ark of the covenant went, or sometimes it's called the ark of God, okay? Now, in the ark of the covenant, there were uh, important things, the Ten Commandment tablets, among some other things that were really important. But the big deal was that the presence of God would go where it went. Okay, and some of you guys may know that if you're looking at, you know, history back in the day that the ark was captured by Israel's enemies and it was gone for seven months. And then it was moved to the to the person's house named Abinadab for 20 years. And then David became king and he sets up this new capital of Jerusalem. and He wants the ark of God there because he knows that's where the presence of God is right? Where the ark went, the presence of God went. And so he's like, we're bringing this. And there's a a tragic failed attempt. And then it's moved to a house called Obadidim, a man named Obadidim's house. And it's kept there for a few months. And then the day comes where they're going to bring the presence of God, the, the ark of God to the city. Remember, you and I have some real differences when it comes to God's presence, right? We're going to celebrate in just a minute that we don't have to just go to church to find the presence of God. We don't have to go to the temple, right, or the tabernacle to find the presence of God, right? We're going to see where the presence of God is in just a minute. But David is so excited. He is celebrating the presence of God at home in Jerusalem. And it says this in 2 Samuel six twelve. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Everybody say rejoicing. Rejoicing is a a synonym for what? Celebrating, right? David is celebrating what God has done and that the ark of God's presence would be there and God's specific presence would be with them. It goes on. I love this verse. Ready? I think this is a verse we miss in the Bible. We don't recognize its significance. Look at this. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps... He sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Now, there's two ways that this verse can be understood, okay? Theologians kind of have differing opinions on this, okay? The first way we can understand this verse is, and let's just put that verse back up on the screen so we can keep that there for just a second. You see how it says they had taken six steps and then they, had, they sacrificed and celebrated, right? Some theologians believe that it was the first six steps they took and David went, okay, everybody stop. We're going to celebrate right now. We're going to celebrate what God has done, all right? And they have this sacrifice and they praise God together and they celebrate. Listen, other theologians believe that they did this every six steps. Every six steps on the journey, they would stop and they would sacrifice and they would celebrate, right? The, the, the difference between Obed-Edom's house to Jerusalem was 30,000 paces, which means if they sacrificed every six steps, they did it 3,500 times on the journey, right? So I don't know which it is, right? But either way, it's significant for a king to stop this movement of the ark six steps in and say, we're going to stop and thank God and celebrate who he is and what he's doing is huge. And if it was every six steps, how much more incredible is it? And this rhythm of them saying, we're going to celebrate what God has done. We're going to celebrate what God has done. We're going to build this into who we are. Either way, it's a powerful reminder of how much we need to stop and celebrate and praise God for his goodness and his faithfulness in our lives. Amen? And so we want to do that here today. And how much more can we celebrate than those people could? Now, why do I say that? God had done great things for the people in Israel, right? But we have it so much better, everybody. We don't even know. 
right? Like God's presence was with the ark wherever it would go. Do you know where God's presence is right now? It's in you and me as followers of Jesus. The very presence of God in you and I. So we praise God that one day when we go just a few feet up the road and we build out this property on those five acres, the presence of God is going to move mightily there. We're praying already that the presence of God will move mightily at 328 Hoffman Lane. And we can't wait. But I want to let you know God's presence is here today. God's presence is with you throughout your week. God's presence is with you at work and school and everywhere you go this week. So when we talk about celebrating, we get to celebrate that God goes with us everywhere. Are you lonely today? Do you know that God is with you? He goes with you everywhere you go. Do you know that he walks with you through it all, ups and downs, good times and hard times? He's with you. And so we've got to be a celebrating people, everybody. Another reason we've got to be a celebrating people is because David here had them sacrifice offerings to the Lord. When's the last time you came to Living Word Church and we had like a sacrifice offering up on the stage, right? Like, thank God that doesn't happen because no one would come anymore, right? But the reason we don't do that is why? Because Jesus was sacrificed in our place. No more need for sacrifice and offering. Our sin is removed. We are forgiven. Another reason we have it so much better than David and his people did. Guys, we got to be a celebrating people. We've got to celebrate God's presence in our life. We've got to celebrate the sacrifice Jesus made to make us his own. We've got to be a celebrating people. And God is working here at Living Word Church. And we've got to go for it, man. I want to read a few more verses here. We're going to fly through some of these, and we're going to really get to it, all right? So verse 14, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. They're celebrating what God has done. And then it goes on. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, who was David's wife, watched from a window. And when, he, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. There's always a stick in the mud, isn't there? There's always somebody who can't see what God's doing. And somebody who's like, you know, I don't understand why these people are raising their hands and screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and all excited. And why are these people so happy? You know, sometimes people will visit the church. Like, why are those people happy? I'm so sorry. Well, we'll work on that, I guess, you know. But what an amazing thing. David saw what God was doing. And so he celebrated. And then it says this. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. And after he'd finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave them a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. Tom Constable says this. Read it with me. His blessing the people and giving them cakes made with fruit was a sign to them that their God, who was now in their midst, can we just stop and think about that for a second? Their God, who was now in their midst, because he hadn't been before, right? His literal presence hadn't been there. Guys, his presence is always in our midst. Amazing. How good do we have it? He says, who was now in their midst would bless them as he had promised. Fruit was a common symbol of fertility in the ancient Near East, so it's this idea of blessing. So if you reach under your seat, we have a raisin cake for each of you. Now I made that part up, but we don't, we don't really have that, but... But David and Israel celebrated a lot. They built these rhythms into what they did and who they were. Here are some examples. The Feast of Trumpets. When the trumpet would blast back in Israel's day, it meant the harvest was completed and the work was done. It's kind of like the, the last bell at the end of school when the kids were let out for a season, right? Purim. Haman, the enemy of the Jews... 
cast lots or Purim to try to decide which day to annihilate the people. But God sent Queen Esther, right? And rescued them and saved them. And just like Queen Esther was able to come and and intercede on behalf of the people, Jesus came, no, and rescued you and I as we were on the way toward our annihilation. And so they built these rhythms. The Feast of Tabernacle, remember God's faithful uh, provision in the wilderness for the people. Hanukkah in 165 BC, the Greeks desecrated the the temple. Uh, The Jews got it back a few years later, and this was the rededication of the temple and the celebration of one day's worth of oil that burned for eight, this miracle that God did so they had this rhythm of celebration guys we gotta celebrate as living word church listen we've just come through three years of hell we've gone through it the whole world has but man we've got to celebrate a new day right a new time something that god is preparing for us even as we think ahead so today i want us to celebrate and i've asked for a lot of help here today you guys hear from me all the time let's get some other voices involved here today and so i just want to celebrate some things god's doing so first off i'm just going to ask joe levante our pastor of the connections and discipleship just to come out update us on how god's working through uh some of the things that he's involved with hello again how are we yeah. doing <laughs> Man, I have the privilege of getting to oversee our groups and our one-on-one discipleship, and it is just the coolest thing in the world. So if you're in a group, you know, first of all, they're busting at the seams. Like, we basically have no more room in our groups. Like, we're going to have to add groups, which is the coolest thing in the world. And every fall, every spring, I hear the same kinds of stories, and it is... Uh, man, we sat down, and it just got real. There was someone going through it, and we just stopped everything and prayed. Or someone was going through it, and and we dropped everything, and and we just got real and raw. And and it's funny, because we'll hear it from people who have been meeting together for the last 10 years, and have been together and knew each other intimately, and we'll hear it from people who have just met that same night. And so God is moving in these groups, and one of the things I love most about the community groups is the leaders, because the leaders are just so faithful. And what's awesome about our leaders is they're not pastors they're not theologians they're just faithful church people and it's just the coolest thing if you're not in a group man i hope you'll think about joining a group come the fall and the other thing i get to oversee is our one-on-one discipleship uh we'll pair people up and they'll just walk through life together and one of the most amazing things that happened was we kind of did a soft launch of our one-on-one discipleship pre-covid And uh, once COVID hit, we just kind of had to say, hey, let's take a break. We'll readdress this when the world kind of reopens. But one of those pairings just kind of kept going. And they were like, it's fine, but we're going to keep doing this. And to this day, they still talk. They still interact. And it's so cool because the person who was being discipled is stepping up and, and caring for people and walking through life with people in their own way now. And so much of it is a result of what God has been doing in that discipleship relationship. And there are countless stories like that one. We have a wait list for discipleship, man. I hope that won't be the case forever. I hope we'll get more and more people involved. But God is really doing something amazing. And uh, I just get to watch it happen, which is the coolest thing in the world. So it's exciting. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, man. All right, next, you guys can help me welcome Nick Robb out. So keep clapping for Nick Robb. Nick leads our men's ministry, 440 Men. So I just want him to celebrate a little bit what God's been doing. All right. What's going on, everybody? Uh, again, like Doug said, hi, Eddie. My, <laughs> uh, my name is Nick Robb. I lead the men's ministry, 440 Men, here at Living Word. And um, just wanted to talk about a little bit what God's been doing there. Uh, as I was thinking about the last year and a half or so, um, 
I just really started thinking about when we split into small groups, kind of like what Joe was saying. Um, you know, we have a speaker, or I speak, or we do some worship, and then we split up into small groups, and um, it's just really cool because we get to hear everybody's response to whatever was taught, um, and everybody has different perspectives. We all hear things differently. We all accept them differently, and, um, you know, it means a lot when one person hears something that you didn't even think of, but it may affect you in a way that you never even realized. Um, something very specific uh, in a, a group that I was in personally was uh, last month we had a guest speaker and he was just talking about uh, the gentle and lowly heart of Jesus and how we can just come to him as we are um, and how we need to collapse into him every single day. And, uh, and I was sitting next to this guy who I've, I've known of for a while, like years, but I didn't really get to know him until that night. And, um, and it was just so cool because he started talking about how much he loves Jesus, how much he loves reading the Bible. And this guy, we were praying for this guy in a community group. Wow. I never even met the guy like eight, nine years ago that he would come back to Jesus. And here he is sitting right next to me wow. at 440, man, talking about how much he loves Jesus. Wow. And I told him that. I was like, this is giving me chills, man. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so that, that's really cool. Uh, and another thing is just, you know, we get together. We have, we have dinner sometimes. We have coffee and donuts. And we have a problem every single month. And that problem is you can't hear the guy next to you because there's so much laughter yeah. and so much conversation. And, you know, sometimes you just need uh, guys just need a place to unwind with other guys that think the same, believe the same. And uh, it's just a really cool place. And honestly, anybody, any men that are here that haven't been there, it's such a great place to connect. And uh, it's been really cool to see what God's been doing. And even as you said, like, you know, praying for... 328 Hoffman, there's stuff going on there all the time Amen. that yeah. God's moving through just as much as he is here. That's so right. that's about it. Awesome, bro. Thank you so much, Nick. Appreciate it. Yes, we appreciate you, Nick. Thank you for what you're doing. All right. My wife, Kelly, wrote this about deeper. She leads the women's ministry and the counseling ministry. Here's what she says. Maybe if you're new to Living Word, you're wondering why we call our women's ministry deeper. We prayerfully chose this name because it describes our two goals for the ministry, deeper with God and deeper with each other. First, let's talk about deeper with God. About 12 years ago, at our first deeper, I shared a quote that had a tremendous impact on my life. It was, wimpy theology makes wimpy women. Even though that quote helped shape my life in ministry, over the years, I've realized there's a better way to say it. Strong theology makes strong women. Women who know their God will be strong, strong in the face of difficulty, strong in the face of temptation and all kinds of adversity, strong in faith no matter what we walk through. And those of you who know Kelly's story, you know that this is what she lives. You know what else makes strong women, she says? Other strong women of God. Life is full of ups and downs and we need each other. This is why it is so important that we grow deeper in our relationships with each other. At the beginning of the year, Doug asked all of our staff to write down our goal for the ministries for this year. My ministry is primarily to the women to the church, and this is what I wrote down. To be a church where women refuse to gossip and criticize each other, but instead support, build up, and root each other on. I don't know. I think we get all these people like that in our lives, right? goes on, when we come together at a deeper to support, build up, and root each other on, we help each other hold fast to Jesus and not lose heart. I love that deeper we get to open up God's word together and drink from its deep well and also pray for and encourage each other in a way that brings life and hope. Another of my favorite things about Deeper right now is looking around and seeing and hearing women from many generations truly worshiping God together. The sight of arms lifted across the room and the beautiful sound of voices singing out together as one often brings me to tears. Although I'm grateful for all that God's doing at Deeper, I'm with great excitement looking forward to the day that we have our new building. 
One of those reasons is having a facility that will enable moms to bring their kids and provide childcare while they attend. Right now, we don't have space for that, but hang on, it's coming. Another reason is having a larger meeting space where we continue to grow and see women connect with God and one another. And so Deeper Women, we're grateful for you and just the amazing things God's doing there. All right, keep clapping as Letitia comes out and she shares about our grocery outreach. Thank you, Letitia. We so appreciate all you're doing. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know about our grocery outreach, you see a, a table that's set up by our greeting table that we are collecting um, non-perishable or personal care items. Um, and those items that you guys faithfully bring to us each week, um, including those monetary donations that you continue to make, help people that you're seeing on the screen. We are able to reload, restock our pantry and I thank you guys so much for that. God is using all of you so that our grocery outreach team can go out every week, just up the road, just a couple of miles up the road. Um, we are set up in a parking lot. When our team pulls up there, there are at least 20 people waiting for us. They depend on us, and they know that we will be there, whether it's raining, snowing, it doesn't matter, we are there. We are changing these people's lives because some of these people can't afford groceries otherwise. Not only are, is this wonderful outreach affecting these people, but on a personal level, this outreach and everything that I do here at Living Word has given me purpose. For all of you who have known how sick I have been for the last three years, has caused me to retire from my nursing career that I loved so much. And that ended my ability to serve people, to help people, to make connections with people, and to just love on them and show them the love of Jesus. So for me, on days where I feel I can't do it anymore, or I'm in too much pain, I know that this is bigger than me and that there are people out there depending on me. So I just ask all of you, when you're out, you see something on sale, throw it in your cart because it means so much to us. Please consider continuing partnering with this ministry so that we can continue to help meet the needs of people in this community and show them the love of Jesus. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. All right, so there's a bunch of new families in our church over this last season, and I asked one of them just to write up a little bit of a story of what God's been doing and what it's meant to them to be a part of the church. And so um, I asked if they could just write a letter for us. If you guys can invite or welcome Pastor Bavone out, he's going to go ahead and read that for us. Uh, this is the Kirk family. It's Daryl and Carrie and their kids. Hey, good morning, everybody. Oh, my phone just died. <laughs> So this is, this is what they wrote. Uh, last year, we found ourselves at a crossroad in life. We had a tough couple of years during COVID, and we felt that our kids needed a fresh start. An opportunity presented itself for us to move out of the house where we lived for the past 14 years. For some people, that might not be a big thing, but for us, it was huge. It involved new schools for our three kids, a new neighborhood, and most importantly, finding a new church in the area. Uh, a friend of ours mentioned Living Word but we didn't have much information. So on April 3rd, 2022, we took a step of faith and we walked into Living Word Church for the first time. We were surprised when the GPS brought us to the school building. That's how little we knew about the church. 
uh, we were feeling a little unsettled in life and completely overwhelmed. Attending church had always been a top priority in our lives, so this was something that we, that we didn't take very lightly. We didn't even, uh, I'm sorry, we didn't even t tell our kids that we were contemplating the idea of moving out there, uh, just that we wanted to try a new church. And so we all took a deep breath in the parking lot and we put one foot in, step, uh, one foot in front of the other and she said, I'll never forget the friendly face that greeted us uh, when we walked through the doors. Jess Podomo gave us such a huge hug and showed us all around. Uh, this was my first friend at Living Word. On that particular Sunday, Doug preached a message titled, Wait. The message hit us between the eyes because it was about waiting on the Lord when it comes to making a huge decision. We were brought to tears and had a true encounter with the Lord. After the service, Pastor Pavone prayed with us that God would give us wisdom and guidance as we face this major change in our life. And that meant a lot to us. Over the course of the next five months, we proceeded forward with the process of the move, and we made a commitment to drive 40 minutes each way uh, on Sunday to Living Word, and then the same thing on Friday nights to drop the kids off at the youth group. As we approached our one-year anniversary at the church, the thing that stands out the most is the people, starting with Doug. He's... He has encouraged us all the way and has become our friend. He's a, he is re the real deal. You're the real deal. <laughs> he had prayed with us so many times. And uh, uh, let's see, I lost my place. He had prayed with us so many times. And uh, uh, Kelly as well has prayed with us uh, as well. Uh, Joey and the entire youth group. There we go. Joey and the entire youth group have made our, our kids feel uh, like they belong. So most importantly, uh, we joined the most wonderful small group, and we were connected with such lovely group, a lovely group of people. We laughed and cried together. We prayed together, and we encouraged one another. We give God the glory. He's using each person to, that we mentioned uh, to lift us up and to make us feel like a family and that we're connected. We've learned that by this uh, taking the step of faith that we truly got involved, God has blessed us. We never realized just how much we were missing until we joined Living Word, and we feel once again alive. We look forward to see what God has in store at the church, and we're excited and honored to be a part of the journey. We want to see our kids grow here. We know that we found the church in which we, we call our home. And, and P.S., Doug is really wonderful, but Pastor Vivone's really very handsome. <laughs> It's funny, I didn't see that on the bottom of the page that he was reading, but I guess the spirit was moving. Um, so, awesome. Well, thanks, Pastor. Um, so, next we have a video from our children and youth pastor. He's down the hall in the gym right now with your kids, so that's why he's not up here, so you guys can check this out. There's so many awesome things happening at the Green Room and 22.6 Kids. We've recently just changed our model at 22.6 Kids, and it's been awesome. Our kids arrive and they play some games, then they go into craft time, and then there's a lesson where they learn all about Jesus. And then we go into small groups where they can learn more about what they've just been taught, and they can hang out with their leaders. Our team loves your kids, and there's so many awesome things happening every Sunday. God is doing so many awesome things at the Green Room. I have been the youth pastor at the Green Room for over 10 years now, and so many of the people that you see serving on these teams have come through the Green Room first. We recently just got back from our winter retreat where God did so many awesome things in the lives of our kids. They had real experiences with Jesus that they will never forget about. 
Every Friday night, we have so many awesome kids coming and learning about Jesus, and our kids are growing in so many different ways. As a parent, there's nothing more that I would want than my kids to be in an environment where they're learning about Jesus and growing with other students every single week. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do for the rest of this year at the Green Room, and it's been an awesome year. There's so many awesome things Oop, happening. That's on a loop there. Sorry about that. There you go. <laughs> I mean, we could just watch that for the next few hours. That's fine on me, but thanks, Joey. All right, let's hear for Andrew Muller, our worship pastor. He's going to come out and just encourage some volunteers. Hey, how we? Oh, wow. Okay, how we doing, everybody? Uh, super excited. We have been super blessed with so many volunteers at this church. Um, have anyone ever heard of the 80-20 principle? 80-20, it, it, it's kind of a, a, it works in business, it works across the board, but the way it works in church is that this is what the statistics say, that 20% of churchgoers typically do 80% of all of the work in congregations. Now, here's the thing. I, am, I don't have a mathematician degree at all. <laughs> I think you're aware, well aware of that. Um, but I would say that isn't true for our church. I think... We have so many people involved that the percentages are definitely different. They're definitely way better. Because so many of you are an integral part of what happens every single Sunday. The amount of people that we have that volunteer here is incredible. Um, we're talking to our church buddies and church friends, and it's really cool to hear them go, wow, you have that many people, a part of that and a part of that? And uh, can we borrow some of your people here? And we have so many people asking um, from other churches, like, can you help us? <laughs> um, but he, here's the thing. Our mission here is to help people center their lives around Jesus. That is why we live, and that is why we breathe, is to do that. But the truth is this, that we can't do that with a small group of people. That we have to do that with a lot of people. And so week in, week out, there are so many of you that are behind the scenes, that are running around that back room there, that are, that are doing things throughout the week, leading groups, um, fixing, tinkering with wires. Someone's going to be cleaning up this <laughs> later. Uh, some of us, it might be us. Uh, you know, we're part of that 20%, I guess. But uh, there are so many of us who do different things. Before I roll in, there's like on every Sunday morning, the signs are set up. Like people... You guys are wild in the greatest way. And so here's the thing. What makes a church great? See, I love our lights like when they work. <laughs> God help us. Um, I love the, I'm a little partial to the music. I don't know if you know that. Um, Doug is the best. Clearly, we've been hearing people talk about that all day. Pastor Pavone's better looking. Though. Pastor Pavone is better looking, as he said. Um, but what makes a church great? Those things are awesome. We're going to be so stoked to have that building down the road. But it's people. The people is what makes the church great. And I want to say thank you. We love all of our teams. We love all the people who are part. If you're not a part yet, hey, you're new. You're just kind of getting the swing of things. Awesome. Feel free to jump on a team. We'd love to bring you into that community. And we just want to say thank you to all of you who, do, who donate your time, your resources, your abilities to keep this moving forward. Matthew 23, 11 says, the greatest among you will be your servant. Jesus basically saying, if you want to be considered great, go serve those around you. And I just want to say to all of our volunteers, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so great. Let's give it up for our volunteers here this yeah. morning. Awesome. Thanks. Amazing. Yeah, we, I just want to celebrate that God's been doing something new. Not, today's not the best example in the world because, like I said, Half Long Island's on vacation, but the last... 
Uh, really since Christmas, we've, we've uh, both the morning services almost had the room completely full with extra chairs out all over the place. Uh, the night service, we've got, a, you know, on a good night, we've got about 75 young adults and college students showing up at the 7 up the street at the new property. So just God's really moving in some awesome ways. I wanted to introduce you guys to a couple of the people that are really helping us through the process. Um, so first, I'm going to show you guys uh, a couple of videos. Uh, the first video is going to be from a guy named Sean Case. And Sean works one of the guys, with one of the guys I'm going to introduce live here on stage in just a minute. But Sean sent a video real quickly. He's been a huge part of the design team. He's an executive pastor at a church out in Ohio that has tens of thousands of people going, and, and he's helping us, coach us through this building process. So he's got a quick hello and, and just wanted to celebrate something with you guys. You guys could check out. Hello, Living Word. My name is Sean Case, and I'm a part of construction team management. And for well over a year, uh, we've been getting to know your staff and your community and listening to the hopes and the dreams that you have for this part of New York. Doug asked me to talk for just a moment about the thing I'm most excited about with this project. And I too uh, was a part of Portable Church for a couple of years. And although I have some many fond memories, I think my favorite memory is when we actually got to move into uh, the building. We got to move into our new home, uh, a place that we can invite our friends and our family and worship together and celebrate significant events and uh, reach out to the community. Uh, I can say without reservation that the piece of property that God has blessed you with is the most beautiful piece of property we've worked with. And it is our prayer and it is our desire that we come up with a, a building that honors uh, the beauty of your surroundings, but more importantly honors the faith and the generosity and the sacrifice that you have shown as a church. So thank you for letting me be a part of the journey that you guys are on. Awesome, yeah, Hello, Sean's awesome. We're, we're so grateful for Sean and that's uh, pretty cool. So, so you're gonna meet Monty in just a minute and um, he, Sean just said that they work with all these churches and that's pretty incredible for that statement, right? That this is the most beautiful piece of property that they've worked with. These guys work with churches across the whole country. And so that's pretty incredible. What an awesome thing. Uh, next, you're going to hear from Tim Cooper. He's one of our financial coaches. Just wanted to give you guys a quick update on something encouraging here. Hey, what's up, Living Word Church? My name is Tim Cooper, and I work with the Giving Church team. Over the last 20 years, we've been blessed to work with about 1,000 churches across the country going through projects and capital campaigns just like yours. We've worked with churches from a couple of hundred up to churches of 50,000 all across the country. In January of 2020, we started working with Living Word Church and I met Pastor Doug and instantly we fell in love with your church. And you guys started a capital campaign in 2020, which, oh, by the way, also started a pandemic. <laughs> Probably one of the most challenging times in American history for any nonprofit to raise money. And what we've seen is God richly bless living word. When you started your campaign, you had about $883,000 in pledges, which was awesome. People in your church saying, hey, we're going to give $883,000 towards this campaign, towards making this hillside property build out a reality. As to this date, get ready for this, you've had over $1.44 million given to that capital campaign. We're really excited to share that, and we're really excited to celebrate with you at Living Word Church. So the question always comes up, what do we do now? We want to continue to be faithful. We want to continue to be generous, 
we want to continue to honor God's blessing. Every project is a step. You know, the old expression was, how do you eat an elephant? And uh, the answer is a bite at a time. And that's how this works. Every project is a step. And you guys have just completed a major step in your project in getting to that $1.44 million. And that puts you in position to be able to get to where you need to be so that the hillside property becomes a reality very soon. We just wanted to reach out. We wanted to celebrate with you. And we wanted to let you know that we're thinking of you, we're praying for you, and we're big time cheering for Living Word Church. Awesome. So I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to ever eat an elephant. So I just wanted to make that clear. So, all right. So next, you're going to see a very short video from uh, another one of our financial coaches. He works with Tim. This is Phil Ling. Phil's going to be out to preach once a year for the next three. He's an amazing guy, really fun guy. He's going to have us laughing when he comes out. But uh, he's worked with all kinds of churches, and um, he just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an encouragement. Phil Ling here. Good to be with you all. A long way from Long Island, New York right now, but at least this way I can be here. I was looking over your stats of where you are so far. Just a reminder, uh, Tim Cooper and I have been with you on this journey of raising money for your, your new project, your new facilities. Just to put that in perspective, we work with a thousand churches across the country. You're easily in the top 1% of success. Every major project, and this is a major project, relocation to the new land, every major project has steps, but you're getting ready to go into the last step, the last piece of the strategy for success and with the wind at your back and what you've done so far, we're excited to be with you on the journey and where God's going to take you to this next step. But I want to take a minute just to see and sit back and appreciate what God's already done. Congratulations at this milestone. Awesome. Phil Lane. So appreciate Phil being able to share that with us. And uh, so now I'm excited. We get to bring my buddy Monty out. Would you guys get up for Monty Trask as he makes his way out here? This is Monty, everybody. <laughs> Uh, Monty is the one that really is over the whole project on the design and construction side, and um, he's just become an amazing friend to us. Uh, we think he looks like Woody, Woody Harrelson. I don't know if you guys are seeing it, but um, we think, and he actually talks a little bit like Woody Harrelson, too. You'll see in just a minute, but uh, we love this guy, and what I love about Monty is his heart for Jesus, his heart for the church. He goes across the whole country doing this for churches, and uh, he's got amazing expertise. He's really gifted at saving money. And when it comes to different projects uh, and different contractors might say, let's do this, let's do that. And he goes, no, we're going to save 600 grand by doing it this way and it's going to be better. And so he's been incredible. He's helped us in so many ways over these last several years. And so, uh, so glad you're here, Monty. First off, I just want to get the crew to get to know you like we've gotten to know you a little bit. And so um, when were you in your first movie? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, um, so where are you from, first of all? Was that white man candy? <laughs> Yeah, right. So where are you, where are you from, first off? Uh, well, I've uh, lived in Indianapolis for the, since 87, but I just recently, because I have an Ohio office, I just recently, my wife and I moved to the Dayton, Ohio area. Okay, cool. Wife's name? Sarah. All right. And tell us how many kids you have, how many grandkids? Uh, four kids. They're all grown now. Uh, <laughs> but... The dad and mom thing doesn't go away. <laughs> so if you have young kids, they're going to still need you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and nine grandkids. Wow, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. How long have you been building churches? Well, we formed this company almost seven years ago. I have built several churches in the past. So 
one of the stigmas with building churches, even for other contractors and that sort of thing, is it's always a situation where the church gets the worst deal of, of all. So kind of one of the things we built this company for was churches are a one-stop shop for a contractor. So contractors, they're trying to make money, they're trying to stay in business, and that's what I always say, it's just business but God doesn't need the money. So when you're using God's money, you want to be a little more prudent with that. Yes, and yeah. since churches are a one-stop shop for contractors, it's not their fault. They just get taken advantage of because they're not a priority. They're not going to be a multi-time client. And, you know, eventually every church is over budget millions of dollars because of that. So... The whole reason why we kind of got into this was because we don't necessarily look at it as saving money on the end product, but what we do look at is getting the best bang for your buck yeah. on the total project. So Awesome. We like to think clear through the project from who you are right now, uh, who you're going to be in 10 years, and how do you hand this off and make it better than it was when you started. So we force churches to really look inward at themselves to describe who they are, and I don't think a lot of times we do that as mm. a church. So uh, that's how it starts. So Awesome. Love it. So uh, I need you to just share briefly your first impression of Kelly and I. So uh, Monty came out, and uh, Pastor Bavone was driving, and Monty's in the front seat, and Kelly and I are in the back, and Kelly's my wife, for those of you who don't know, and we're sitting next to each other, and I have my arm around her, and we're just kind of sitting there, and, and we keep getting these weird looks from Monty from the front seat. He keeps kind of turning around. He's looking at two of us, and, and then we found out that, go ahead and let him know what you thought there. Well, I thought they were brother and sister, <laughs> and I thought, man, this family's really close. Nothing wrong with that, but... <laughs> Thankfully, he caught on. Yeah, so <laughs> that was great. Uh, why did you decide to work with Living Word Church? Uh, well, we we uh, heard about you through Tim and and Phil, obviously. But when we came out and we were able to kind of talk with you, uh, it it was evident that you guys are doing something great here, hmm. and it excited us. So we don't necessarily take everyone but sometimes you walk in the room and you know right away based off the staff and all of that that hey they've got a vision and maybe we can partner with that and make something happen so awesome. uh, I will say sometimes we get too much credit and by the way Sean's the talker I'm not the talker <laughs> uh, I'll do my best but uh, sometimes we get too much credit for the design and all of that but I want you guys to know that Everything we design and how the building ends up looking inside and out is a reflection of who your leaders think you are. And you guys influence them as well as they influence us. And it's, it's never about us, but it is about you. So if you're 80 years old, they've thought about you. If mm -hmm. you're an infant, they've thought about you. If you're uh, going to get married, they've thought about that. If they're going to be a uh, food service, they've thought about that. Every aspect of who you will be for the next 10, 20, 30 years has been thought through by your staff in your best interest. So when you see the 
plans and you see the outline of the building and you see all the spaces inside and how they can be used for this or that or transposed to this or that, every single aspect is how your leaders see you. So great job. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Um, how have you seen God at work even in the project so far? Well, I know it's tough, and I hear your message today about Celebrate, and that excites me even more than I'm already excited. Mm -hmm. You know, I said earlier, your kids grow up, and they still need you. And my message to my kids has always been, and still is, in their 30s, some of them, uh, there's joy in every day. Find the joy, because mm. life can get you down. You guys started in a tough time. You had some tough circumstances, and then COVID hit and all of these things. It's sometimes hard to wait and be patient. Uh, but patience is what God has with us. So if you can hang in there, this is going to happen, and it's going to be an awesome thing, not because of the building or all of the new stuff. It's going to be because you're going to be able to do things better in a facility, and God's going to get the glory. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, for you all. I would also say that in the last couple of years with COVID and I've had some, my father's been sick, my father-in-law passed away and your church has been praying for my family yeah. and that means a lot. Yep. And uh, so. Yeah. And right back, these guys were praying for me when I was in the hospital going yeah. through all went through. So it's, it's awesome to see God at work. All right. Last question for you now. We'll get everybody out of here. Um, what about the project excites you? I think this design is one of the better designs that we've actually put on uh, schedule to be done. Uh, only because it reflects so many different people that have given us your thoughts and their thoughts. And this is what we ended up with. And I think that sometimes being patient creates a way for uh, God to allow things to happen in a way that maybe it couldn't have happened before. And that's, that's sometimes a curse and sometimes a blessing. This time it's a blessing. I think your property is awesome, like Sean said, mm. but I think the people that are in charge of the property are more awesome. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do with that because uh, he is going to move this place. And I, I would say, too, I'm not, I'm not involved with the giving or any of that. That's between you guys all, but if you're not a part of this, if you're young and you think I'm too young for this, or if you haven't been involved in this, this is going to get passed off for generations, yeah. and you should be on board with this because you are all the ones that are actually building this. So I'm excited for the venue that you're going to have, and you are going to have it, mm -hmm. Amen. and what God's going to do there because... He's doing great things right here. Not that this isn't great, mm -hmm. but think of what you're doing now and what you're accomplishing here, and then transpose that five years from now with what God is going to put you in place with to make him great. Amen. And you will. Awesome. Thank you so much, Monty. Let's hear from Monty. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. And so we wanted to just pause today, and maybe we took those six steps, or maybe this is one of the many six steps, but we wanted to just celebrate what God's been doing 
and just highlight his faithfulness through crazy times and the, the amazing generosity of the people in our church and just the faithful patience, as Monty said. We're just so grateful. God's doing so much. And so we just wanted to celebrate today. There's no big ask. We don't have like an offering we're going to take up now. Like this was just about celebrating and thanking God for who he is, for what he's been doing. Uh, cast some vision, celebrate what's ahead, and just, just again be together knowing that God's really good. He's been so good to us. He's been so good to us. And so I encourage you, just as a person who is following God, to build celebration, praise, gratitude, thanksgiving into your rhythm. Make it a part of every day. Let there be parts of your day where you just stop and pause and really celebrate the Lord and what he's done and who he is and your relationship with him. If you're new to all this, I hope today you've seen, man, God's at work. God is alive and well, and he is active, and he's doing exciting things. And maybe as you heard today, me talk about and some of the others share about Jesus who came to rescue us. Maybe today's the day you'd even put your trust in him. So I want to give you a chance to do that. But church, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate together. Let's celebrate as individuals. And we want to close the service today. You know, normally in our rhythm is a slow song at the end of the set, right? But today we're going to celebrate our way out here, okay? So we're going to end big. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you, Father, for all that you've orchestrated, all you've done. Thank you so much for Monty coming all the way out here to be with us today and all those who shared. Thank you for the people. Thank you for the volunteers. Thank you for the attenders. Thank you for the new people. Thank you for those who are just checking it out, God. We're just grateful, Lord. You're doing so much. The children down the hall, all you're doing up the street already, all the different ministries happening. You're just so good. You're so faithful. And we celebrate what's ahead. We celebrate what you'll be able to do through us. Uh, with a greater property, Lord, and a, and a true home. So thank you, Lord. So if you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray about this rhythm of celebration? Would you ask God to just give you some strategy toward putting that into your day and your daily routine? And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I'd love for you to pray with me now. You could just pray something like this. Jesus, thank you so much for saving me. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for forgiving me and loving me and wanting a relationship with me. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, let's celebrate. Stand and sing with us.